thing to look at Ron Hextall's decisions this offseason on an individual basis, going one by one by one, Jared McCann this, Brandon Tanev that. But when I look at all of them put together, I still keep coming back to just the one. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. If I sound agitated, it's because I'm trying to make sense of something that really shouldn't be all that challenging to put together. You should be able to look at a series of personnel moves and just kind of follow the trail, you know, Uh, lay them out on a table, and then afterward sound all smart about it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's actually what this job on this end is supposed to be. Whether it's in a written form or whether it's in a spoken form, you're supposed to sound all expert-like about these things. Well, what you don't understand, common fan, is that Hextall is doing this, this, and this so that he can achieve that, that, and that. And I don't have that. And it's frustrating. I don't have it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't look at the players who were lost, whether it was directly to the expansion draft or fear of the expansion draft, since the Penguins curiously decided to lose two players rather than one to Seattle, meaning Jared McCann and Brandon Tanev. And I don't look at the signings of Dominic Simone and Evan Rodriguez and at some point Zach Aston Reese and whatever and compare that to the losses of Freddie Goudreau and I I don't see something that's taking shape here. And there's two reasons for that. One, none of these moves are aimed at addressing the one clear glaringly obvious shortcoming on this team, and that is playoff goaltending. I'm not going to pound that horse seven feet deep, but that's that's what was needed here. We all watched the same series against the Islanders. We all probably would agree that if the Penguins had received even capable, mediocre NHL goaltending in that series, they would have advanced. And they might have advanced beyond the next round as well. Semi was going to be rough. Tampa was going to be rough. But that would have been, by almost every account, a successful season for the franchise and one in which you could have built on rather reasonably without doing all this. You just needed a goaltender who wasn't shaking in his skates. That hasn't been addressed. Number two, you needed to not disrupt 
a defensive group that turned out to be pretty bleeping good for you. Not just in the playoffs, but in the regular season. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, just for listening to this, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to fubotv.com/dk. One more time that's fubotv.com/dk. I'll say it again. The reason I sound like this and I'm exasperated and sighing is that I'm not used to not being able to make sense of hockey things. You know, like I've taken some pride in that in my life. And this just isn't adding up for me. And the big, big reason for that, in addition to the goaltending, is letting Cody Cece walk. Now, I could say that, and your reflexive reaction is going to be, oh, here he goes with CeCe again. He's going to make him out to to be you know, some Norris Trophy guy or whatever. And CeCe isn't that. CeCe isn't the Penguins' number one right-handed defenseman, if he's still here. You could argue that CeCe isn't the Penguins' number two right-handed defenseman if and when John Marino overcomes his sophomore blues, which I think he will. So then from there, you can look at the contract that Edmonton gave CC four years at 3.25 AAV and say, wow, that's just way too much for a third-pairing defenseman. And you know what? You'd be right. You'd be right. In fact, Hextall gave something of a similar explanation himself last week whenever this subject came up. Well, we, we wanted to re-sign Cody, uh, but you probably saw the numbers and there was no real way for us at this point to, to make that fit. Um, so, you know, as I always say with any position, if we can do something to improve ourselves um, and fit under the cap, we will certainly look at it at any position, and that's no different with our defense. Yep, he's right too. He is. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. For a third pairing and arguably even for a second pairing defenseman. But here's the problem with that type of thinking. What you do against the market doesn't matter. What you do that works for your hockey team does matter. The decision that needed to be made here was what's best for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I'll go back to my two priorities. Number one, goaltending. Clear cap space for the goaltending. Number two, keep that blue line intact, or at least as much as you can. I would have been okay with moving Marcus Pedersen out and bringing Pierre-Olivier Joseph in because that's a couple of similar players, one of them younger and a lot cheaper, You would have saved some money and whatever else here. But no, CeCe was allowed to walk. And here's what happens when you lose CeCe. Mike Matheson, who meets every literal definition of the term mercurial, now loses his partner. 
and you're going to have to find someone else to try to make sure that Matheson stays somewhat grounded on planet Earth. You have a lot of cap space for a very long time tied up in Matheson. This is not a small thing. If you had been able to keep CeCe and Matheson together, you would have gotten more value out of both contracts, including the Matheson contract, and probably set yourself up for a situation where Matheson and CeCe could have continued being the second pairing as they wound up being toward the end of last season anyway. Then you get more value for both of them. Is that a consideration? Is that a fair thing to bring up? And then also, on top of that, by utilizing Marino and, let's say, Joseph as a third pairing, you give them more of a chance to kind of break in and gain confidence as younger guys and whatever else here. There were a lot of potential Ws here. Now, the money, okay, yes, too much. But by how much? Hextall said that he would have liked to have brought CC back. That means that he undoubtedly had a dollar figure in mind that wasn't zero. So let's presume that you wouldn't insult the guy who's been in the league for a few years, and you would have offered him, let's say, $2 million per year instead of what Edmonton ended up giving him in three. So your difference is a million bucks. A million bucks that just went to Evan Rodriguez, who you don't need. A million bucks that just went to Dominic Simone, who you don't need. I like both players, but you don't need them. A million bucks that just went to... I can't even remember the dude from Anaheim. What's his name? Hang on, i got to look it up. Let me see if it's in here somewhere. There it is, Danton Heinen. You needed this guy like a hole in the head. Like Brock McGinn, you actually needed. You needed someone to replace Tanev. And I guess to some extent Heinen maybe will be some kind of replacement for McCann. But you needed CeCe more. Certainly more than any of the three guys that I just mentioned. You can't just look at the market and say, gee whiz, that's awfully high for a defenseman. It's what that player means to your roster, to your dynamic, to your identity. And if anyone who is listening to this show can identify for me what Hextall's sense is of the identity of this hockey team or his perceived or goal for this identity is, by all means, feel free to share. Put it in comments. Just just let me know. I want to hear from you what you think Hextall's identity or sense of identity is for this team because I'm not getting it at all. I feel like a complete idiot when it comes to discussing the Pittsburgh Penguins right now, and it's exasperating. When we come back, just one question. Welcome 
Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's always brought to you on this program by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how you can make a difference as well. One dollar is all it takes to provide for up to five full meals. Just one dollar. pittsburghfoodbank.org. Today's Just One Question comes from Brian Gluck, who asks, wouldn't it be better for the Penguins to let some of the kids like POJ, Samuel Poulin, Nathan Legere, play instead of wasting cap space on these other bottom-line signings? Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't know that POJ fits with this, uh, other than POJ could come in and take Marcus Pedersen's place and lower your cap figure. Poulin and and Legere, I'd like to see them get time in Wilkes-Barre, I believe that both of them have work to do to become the Mike Sullivan-type 200-foot players. And Plain and simply, he's not going to play them until they are, and I don't blame him. But they're not the only ones in the mix. You know, everyone seems to forget, I'm not talking about you, Brian, but everyone seems to forget that Drew O'Connor, for example, exists. He's a real thing. You know, this was a a significant signing for the Penguins as a free agent college guy and immediately was able to see NHL action last season and didn't really look all that out of place. Didn't light it up either, but he didn't look out of place. You want to see him involved. I'd still like to see more of Anthony Angelo. I know that's not the most popular opinion, but when you've got that kind of size and you can move with it, and you're not exactly lost with the hands, I'm okay with giving that kid more of a chance. But to come back to these other guys, who, again, I don't dislike. I don't dislike Evan Rodriguez's hockey skills, what he brings to a team. I really don't. I definitely don't dislike what Dominic Simone brings to a team. I'm one of the few people in town in his corner, and squarely so. But again, when you're talking about managing the cap and you're talking about, as both Hextall and Brian Burke did and everyone else did after the playoffs, we really like this team. Our goal here is to keep it together, and then you don't. And then you lose two players to Seattle when you only needed to lose one. And you're doing all kinds of other weirdness while you let Cody Cece walk away and you don't lift a pinky finger to go get a goaltender. That's, you know, oh, I'm going to start repeating myself, Brian. Uh, I'm with you on this one. I, I would not mind seeing more legitimate openings for young forwards on this team. Uh, I'd be all in favor of that. I certainly hope, and I do this every camp, that the young players who are there are permitted to make a real impression, a real impact, and not just be there for show. And we'll we'll see how this one goes, but I, I'm not holding my breath, not after all these fringe forward signings. Maybe that's the identity, you know? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what Hextall, he wants to, like, build a team of fringe forwards. 
I'll try this again tomorrow and, and, and try to be a lot less exasperated. There, how's that for a for an offer for you? <laughs> thanks for the question, Brian. Thanks to everybody for listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Mm-hmm.